Alright, welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Everyday Ecclesiology. Uh, my name is Daniel Greenhall. And I'm Desiree Greenhall. And our goal... Oh, my computer went to sleep. And our goal in this podcast is to explore what it looks like... I need to, I'm going to have to turn that back on because I changed it for this season. It's not that I don't think through these things. I really do. But that doesn't mean I have them memorized after three episodes. There we go. Our goal in this podcast is to explore what it looks like for the body to build itself up in love. I'm just a little bit hot there. There we go. <laughs> okay. Flatter yourself. Oh, thanks. No, I'm at my microphone. Sorry. I'm starting to... I guess it'll be fine. If, as you can tell, we're still a little bit sick. Oh, yeah. I guess you sound pretty normal, but I still definitely well, sound nasally. I don't... Yeah, it's just the congestion stuck around for so long. Yeah. I've, I've had some for a little while. I've... The congestion is annoying, but I at least have energy to go do stuff. Okay, but did you know that milk and dairy stuff makes your congestion worse? So, like, and eggnog? Yeah. Yeah. So does A sugar. carton of eggnog each week probably hasn't helped much. Probably not. But it's supposed to help flush everything out, right? <laughs> no, maybe not. Yeah, so I'm still dealing with sickness. It, it's not... It's just annoying at this point. It's not, yeah. like, problematic. I do have to blow my nose, but that's about it. Um, we've done some decorating, though, since last time. Yeah. You want to tell them what we did? Well, normally we decorate for Christmas beginning of November, but since I'll be pretty pregnant by that point, um, we decided to just go ahead and decorate early. So we're like the oddballs that have our Christmas tree up end of October. Yeah. But it's we really early. enjoy it. It's yeah. been fall weather, mm -hmm. so it's been cooler. It's been more cozy. It's been and nice to just kick the tree on and yeah. kick the lights on around the... Li we put some lights around the ceiling border mm -hmm. all around the living room, so they light it up pretty nicely. Somehow our lights were the perfect length. We had, what, two yeah, strands of lights? Yeah, that was crazy. And it was, like, almost exactly perfect to go up from the floor outlet all the way up to the ceiling and then one lap around, lap around the ceiling. Uh, and that worked pretty well to have some nice, cozier lights up. They're a, a white strand with a warm white color to them. I typically prefer like cool blue lights but like for christmas lights the warm white is pretty nice that's what we have on the tree oh as well. yeah yep. yep so we got that up and decorated uh there were some birthday celebrations and preparations we got to go down to your family's house oh yeah yesterday we, uh, my family my mom makes a supper for her kids if they're willing to come out mm -hmm. and eat it so she made a supper and a really good dessert that i wish i had eaten more of <laughs> yeah it was pretty yummy and I got to enjoy some too, even though yeah, it was you a, had like three pieces. Yeah, didn't I you? shared with Sophia. I That's had about true. two and That's a half, true. and they're not like quarter the pan. You probably size had. Pieces. She probably had a whole piece. No, I didn't share that much. Oh, okay. I shared a probably pretty close to half a piece. Uh, and you're pretty ready for for baby to come. Yep. You're. You look like I told her that she looks like Bullet Bill, <laughs> with her little belly sticking out. If you've ever played Mario or especially Mario Kart, and you've been the Bullet Bill. It's just this doop doop rounded on the end mm -hmm. and then straight back. And that's what her belly looks like. It's pretty cute. That's about that. That's a quick summary of what's new with us. It's I'm glad that sickness is getting better, and I'm glad that we could enjoy the the decorating. Oh, you also had a that was the other thing a baby shower. Oh yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't go. It wasn't designed to be a big party or anything, because mm -hmm. um, it's I, in society. I guess typically you don't do two baby showers; you just get one for the first kid. But a good friend threw the baby shower for me, and so it was more like a party. People still brought gifts, even though they didn't have to, and I got some really useful stuff—stuff stuff that we were gonna 
plan on buying anyway, so yeah. that saves us time and money. And yeah, and it was encouraging the women that came and celebrated with us. Yeah, so. it was nice. Uh, well, it was nice for you to be able to go. I'm glad that yeah. you could go. I got to go and play a little bit of disc golf while she was there, but I'm glad that she could go and, and enjoy the party and the food, and they could enjoy Sophia while she was there. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're doing now onto what we're learning, which this week is what we should have had last time, which is catechism, but we skipped it because we were excited to get out the Narnia episode. Oh, yeah. Which but, well, it's been a while since we've uh, we've been planning that one for quite a while. Yeah. So I was, I was glad to get it out to people. Uh, so this week, what's the... Oh, I need to switch over my stuff here, Desiree. What's the, uh, what's the question we're looking at this week after you're gone? Um, well, the main question is, what does the Bible teach about God? But mm-hmm. the other question is, more specifically, why did God make all things? Yes. So if I remember, last time was, how did God make all things? Mm-hmm. And then this time is uh, continuing on that. I don't know if you remember much from last time, but this time is why did God make all things? And the answer we're given here is that God made all things for himself, according to his perfect will and for his good pleasure. He created everything to display his greatness and to bring him glory. What's the main scripture we're using to back that up this time? Um, I was just wondering if you wanted to remind the audience of the author and... Oh, yes. That we've been given permission and stuff like that. So uh, we're going through a catechism. It is not the only catechism. There are many catechisms. Uh, The Catholic Church is most famous for having uh, a catechism. Um, But a catechism, simply put, is just a format of teaching, a format of conveying information, which is question and answer. So if you've ever heard of like a Q&A format written out, seen it written out, that's a catechism. Uh, But this is specifically meant for teaching uh, and typically meant for teaching younger kids, although it's not unprofitable for older kids and adults, hence why we're going through it. Um, most of our listeners, I'd imagine, are not younger kids. I think most of them are adults that are able to listen to podcasts and seek out podcasts. Um, but we think this will be profitable because the intended audience of this catechism is uh, a specific local church and more narrowly, our specific local <laughs> church. Uh, this is our pastor's catechism. Um, I fondly refer to it as Capon's catechism. We already have a Keech's catechism, which is a Baptist catechism in history. Um, but this is not formally named that, but I like calling it Capon's catechism because it rolls off the tongue pretty well uh, from our pastor, Danny Capon. And it's something that he's put together for the edification of the local church uh, and something that I found very helpful and wanted to share. I had heard... Um, a catechism gone through in a podcast format before. I thought it worked very well uh, for providing helpful content for listeners, for um, the hosts of the podcast to chat about, uh, and for the edification of the local church, which is very specifically this podcast, one of this podcast intentions, one of this catechism's intentions. There we go. Yes. Um, so in, in this catechism, in this specific one, there'll be a, a big question that will take several questions to look at many aspects of that question. Mm -hmm. That was what Desiree mentioned. We're looking at the big question, what does the Bible teach about God? And then one of the sub-questions under that, that's this week's more specific question answer, is why did God make all things? I read the answer. We'll have some scripture and some explanation. Um, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to read through the uh, several scripture references at the end. I believe there are nine. Um, So that we'll go ahead and read through all those. 
And then when we reference it, I'll tell you which one we referenced. But that way you have an idea of here's some scripture that we're pulling from. Now let's, with those things in mind, let's read through the explanation. So uh, you want to alternate back and forth, kind of like we did last time with reading through the scripture? Uh, Do we read the main scripture yet? Yeah. You want to grab that one? Sure. The main one is Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Mm-hmm. And one of the other ones we're looking at is 1 Corinthians 8, verse, verses 6, verse 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Luke twelve thirty two, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Psalm sixteen eleven, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 135, verse 6, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. Psalm 18, verse 30, This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Two, day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Romans one nineteen and 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Romans 1, 21-25 For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the Creator, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. And Romans eleven thirty six, for from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. Sorry, I knocked your stuff onto the floor. You might have to pick those up. Make the pregnant okay. lady bend over. It. All right. So hopefully in, throughout reading those, you were able to keep in mind the question that we're seeking to answer, why did God make all things? And hopefully as we were reading those, you were thinking through, okay, how does the truth in this passage, how does what the author was trying to convey here help us better answer the question, why God made all things? Um, if you, if some of those, you're like, ah, I understand that passage. I've looked at that passage before, but I would never think of applying it to why God made all things. Hopefully this explanation will shed a little bit of light on that. So first paragraph, I'll go ahead and start off reading the catechism's explanation. With our previous question, we looked at how God made all things. But now with this question, we learn why God made all things. When we ask why God made all things, we are really trying to understand his purpose for creating. 
And as we begin to think about God's purpose in creating all things, it might be helpful to remember why he didn't make all things. So, for example, God didn't make all things because he somehow needed to. He was perfectly fine with only himself, existing as he has forever as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why, then, did he make all things? First and foremost, God created all things for himself. Desiree, I think you can bite off that chunk. There's no page turn for you, so I'll give you this one. I can scroll. you got to turn pages. Oh, that whole thing. Wow, it's long. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like one paragraph. <laughs> God created all things for himself. All of creation was designed and made by God for God. We can see this clearly in our verse above. All things were created through him and for him. Put another way, and another way of putting it negatively, too, he didn't create all things for you or me. Yes, God has given us good things as a part of his creation, and we can and should enjoy what he has made and provided for us. However, his highest goal in making all things was not for us, but for himself. When the Bible talks about all things being for God, it means that creation, which includes you and me, is to be for God's purposes, to serve him and his plan. We have life because of him and are to live all the time for him. It's not the other way around. That was scripture passage one as well. Oh, I'll put these gonna... in the description like I try, have tried to before. I might not type them all out, okay. but I'll at least give you the references. You that, was, to... that was the first one that we read. Okay, I'll give references. It's not the other way around. He doesn't exist for us. We exist for him. But even more, that creation is for God also means that it was intended by God to please him. He made all things for his good pleasure. Think about when you've made something, for example, working with wood, building something, putting ingredients together, making a craft, working on a project around the house, or even fixing something. You've no doubt experienced a fair bit of frustration when either the process or the result didn't quite work <laughs> like you were hoping. I'm thinking of a, a certain dinner you made one time oh, that no. we thought was going to be great, but then we ended up... Did we get pizza that night? Yeah, I'm thinking the sweet potatoes. Oh, that was a dish I was supposed to bring to a family oh, get-together, yeah. and I just didn't bring it. Yeah. Let's see. Where was I? Sorry. You've, ex you've no doubt experienced a okay. fair bit of frustration. Yep. But what about when it has gone well? How did you feel? Mm, I can um, think of several others that went pretty well yeah. in your defense. <laughs> Thank you. How did you feel? I'm guessing you felt a sense of satisfaction or pleasure. Maybe even a smile came to your face when you were done. In a similar, but not the same, way, God made all things because it pleased him to do so. To be sure, it's not as if God isn't or can't be happy apart from his creation. No, not at all. Yet at the same time, the Bible tells us that it pleases God to create and to provide for his creation, especially us. Scripture reference number two. And let me take this a step further. For all things to be for God's pleasure, without implying that he needs anything other than himself to be happy, also means that he is a pleasurable God who is pleased to have us share in his pleasure. Hmm. Scripture reference three. Yeah. So I think... I think we might dive into that more when we talk about man i'm guessing i haven't gotten that far yet but i think we might dive into that concept a little bit more but i think that was a very helpful illustration um, of god creating things for himself and a careful distinction that creation wasn't necessary for god to be complete or for god to be satisfied but it was a natural outworking um and it and it was provide still done for him even though it wasn't necessary 
Alright, so next section will be mine since you have a page turn in the middle of it. Um, so that was an explanation of how that God created all things for himself. But that's not the only reason. God created all things according to his perfect will. That's what we're going to dive into next. So first off, if God created all things according to his perfect will, what is God's will? When the Bible talks about our will, it is often referring to either our desire for something or our determination to do something. Similarly, but again, not entirely the same, when the Bible talks about God's will, it usually refers to either what God wants to see happen based upon what he knows is best, or what he makes happen according to his perfect plan for all things. Yes, God has a will. He's not indifferent, decisive, or complacent, nor does he fly by the seat of his pants. As it relates to creation, this means that God's decision and action of making all things was according to him, according to his will. There was nothing outside of him that caused him to create. No one put him up to it, nor put any pressure on him to make anything. It was all according to his will. And that's scripture reference four. He intended to make all that he made. Creation didn't just happen or happen by chance. It wasn't a mistake, not even a happy little accident. It wasn't an unintended result of something else he was trying to do, nor was it plan B. And his intention to make all things was perfect. His will to create everything was perfect. It was right, it was best. There wasn't a better way, there wasn't a better plan. And keep in mind, this includes you and me. We are a part of his perfect will. We might wonder about the hows and the whys of what God is doing in and with his creation, especially as it relates to our lives. That is, we might not only ask God why, excuse me, that is, we might not only ask why God made us, but perhaps even more, why he allows certain things to happen. But we must remember that God's plan to make all things is perfect, even if we don't see or understand his will perfectly. And this is true not only with what God has done in the past, he's made all things, but also with what God continues to do in our present. He sustains and directs all things perfectly according to his will. So hopefully that helped you understand will a little bit better, breaking it down into, um, oh, how did he say it? Decision and action. This means that God's decision and action of making all things was according to him, according to his will. Um, mm, there's a little bit more I want to say about Will. Um, he mentioned it a little bit, so I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate that. Um, when the Bible talks about God's will, it usually refers to either what God wants to see happen based upon what he knows is best, or what he makes happen according to his perfect plan for all things. I think those two things will be very helpful when we see God's will. Think about those two concepts. Mm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So God created all things for himself, and he created everything according to his perfect will. What's the other thing we're going to, what's the final, final little segment here of why God created all things? He created all things to display his greatness and to bring him glory. All right. Do you want to read that one? Or do you want me to get it again? Oh, you get it again. You're, you're reading really well. Okay. Because God is infinite, meaning here that we cannot know everything there is to know about God, nor even understand all of his ways, we certainly cannot say that we know all of the reasons why God chose to create as he did. That's important to note. This is me talking down at the catechism. Um, we, we're going to look at a couple reasons why God create, made all mm -hmm. things. But even if we explore everything that scripture says about why God created all things, that doesn't mean we're, everything is revealed in scripture. Right. Now, everything that we need for life and godliness is revealed in scripture, mm -hmm. everything necessary for us to understand, but that doesn't mean God revealed the entirety of himself in scripture. Yeah. 
In fact, we know that's not the case. So we're going to explore this as best we can, even as best we can within the limits of how long a catechism can and would be helpful to be without being completely about this. Um, but that's not that doesn't mean we're exhausting the topic. So take two things away from that. One, yes, we know this isn't complete, but it is true and it is helpful in as far as it goes. And two, if you're more curious, there is more to know, even from Scripture. But also there's more to know that's not in Scripture. So don't try to make Scripture say something that it's not actually saying. Right. Okay. I wasn't saying that to you necessarily, but I was just... Yeah, <laughs> you were looking at me like Sorry. I needed to respond. No, nope, you're good. Okay. Um, we certainly cannot say that we know all of the reasons why God chose to create as he did. Okay, back in the Catechism. However, the Bible is very clear that we can know some of his purposes for his creation. Why did God make all things? The Bible tells us that all of creation has been intended by God to do two things, display him and bring him glory. And these two purposes go hand in hand, like two sides of the same corn, or as I look over here, like husband and wife. <laughs> Although he doesn't use that one. By display him, we mean that all of creation was intended to make God known. In other words, we can see and understand something about God in part through his creation. The Bible tells us that creation is constantly telling us something. It declares, proclaims, pours out speech, reveals knowledge all about God. That's the psalm reference there, reference number six. So I think that's a psalm. Yes, Psalm 19. While we can't know everything about God by looking at and listening to his creation, and that's also important to note, I'm going to add that here. Um, while we can't know everything about God by looking at and listening to his creation, we can and should know something. In fact, we are told that God has made it so plain to us that we are without excuse if we ignore and reject what God has intended for creation to tell us about himself. That's pretty strong language, but that's what scripture uses. That's a scripture reference seven as well. By bring him glory, we mean that all of creation was intended to make much of God. What does it mean to bring God glory? It means not only to know who he is, that does include that, but it's not limited to that, not only to know who he is, but to respond to who he is as he deserves. And what he deserves is our praise and worship, our thanks and obedience. What God does, for example, in creating us, he does for his name's sake. That is, so that he can be known and cherished. We were made by God for his glory. Let us then live in such a way that magnifies him, not us or the rest of creation. This is what the Bible says about God. Oh, and that was scripture reference nine. All right. That was kind of a longer one this week. Yeah. I blew through it a little quick, although I tried to slow down more than I did during the Narnia well, episode. Normally you um, have more comments, I feel like. Yeah. I had a couple of comments in there. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm reading, I tend to not comment as much because otherwise it's hard, I think, for listeners to track with what is actually catechism oh. and what is me stopping to interject. Oh, I could have read the last one. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. No, I don't mind. I just have to make sure that I clarify that. Also, they have to listen to my nasally voice, but oh, they can always okay. skip the episode and come back to another one. <laughs> okay. That's going to wrap it up this week for catechism. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, and his challenge at the end to... Oh, okay. Just page drop then. It's like a mic drop, <laughs> but with your page. Uh, let us live in such a way that magnifies him, not us or, us or the rest of creation. thought that was a helpful closing. All right, that's what we're learning. That's what we have been learning. Hopefully that's now what you're learning now that you've listened to it. Um, so then finally, what are, we, what are we reading, Desiree? Have you read anything? I don't think I've read any more in The Lord of the Rings. You haven't listened the to past. anything either? 
I don't think so. I've just been home I too much. I just haven't been in the mood to listen to the audiobook. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know why, but I returned the book on the app. It's like a library app because I felt bad for the people that were in line behind me. And I'm like, I'm not listening to this. I'm not going to listen to it in the last few days. So I just returned it early. And I still have the book okay. to sit down and read. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I feel like I haven't been able to catch up on work enough to set aside time to sit down and read because usually I'm ready to just crash into bed by the time I'm done. Well, that happens when you're 37 weeks pregnant. Yeah, roughly. I think so. Um, I've read a little bit. Uh, I've Actually, I've read an entire book. I read Ashtown Burials, number one. It's another N.D. Wilson book, I know. But I got it for free on Audible, so I was able to listen to that entire book. Um, I picked up a free one. You okay over there? Yeah, it's just a little uncomfortable sitting oh, for okay. so long. Well, we're almost done. I'll wrap it up here. Um, Ashtown Burials is a series by Andy Wilson. I believe it's just three books. I'm Googling pretty quickly, except I can't type a W. I keep typing in. Okay, yes, it is three books currently. When he wrote it he was going to write a fourth book but then something happened with the publisher and he had to make the third book the last book so he kind of tried to tie everything up and the publisher's like great and he's like but there's still loose ends so he's currently writing the fourth book and it's being released like every week i think it's every I week i thought that already happened it's still going on oh okay um and he's got and then it's going to get edited so like if you subscribe and like support him writing it um, you get copies of the chapters early before they're even edited and, and published. But he is eventually going to publish the fourth book. But right now, the first three are out, and they're all available as audiobooks. I listened to the first one, which is like a 13-hour-ish listen on Audible. Um, and that was nice. I enjoyed it. I think, though, well, because I've been told that the books are kind of dark. Um, but I didn't, I mean, I thought they were a little bit, but I've only gotten to the first one. But also, I think, for me, it's not as dark because I'm not sitting there reading a physical book book like i know that the bad guy is actually bad i i that's a gripe that i've heard from nd about many uh books especially younger kids books is that the bad guys aren't really bad they're kind of fluffy bad guys that are like oh yeah well he does this bad thing but he's really easy to take down and nobody actually gets harmed yes yeah they're stupid they're blubbering they're bumbling they're um they're bad, meaning they're not upright and upstanding citizens, but they're easy to defeat and they won't actually do anything that bad. Um, but Andy is okay with bad people doing actual bad things like killing people because bad guys actually do that in real life. As he writes, not like he's okay with it in Oh, life. correct. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, with characters and books actually being bad um, for the sake of helping people understand that bad people are actually bad, uh, amongst other reasons. Um so I, I've noticed that, but it hasn't bothered me that much. And I wondered if I just wasn't very sensitive to like, quote unquote, darkness in books or reality in books. Um, but I think it's also because I'm listening while I'm doing something else. So it doesn't hit me the same as if I was sitting there reading it, say, in a dark house by myself, <laughs> listening to creaks yeah. and groans. So I think that that's one reason I haven't found. But also, I'm not that far into the series. I have thoroughly enjoyed it so far. Um, Ashton Barrow's book number one, which is The Dragon's Tooth. Um, I enjoyed the plot and the development and his use of um, helpful plot devices uh, and different 
uh, story elements. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll try not to give anything away. But I really liked it. Maybe I'll do a whole rundown of the series afterwards. I won't include any spoilers because it's not my series. Andy does in his podcast. He includes spoilers about different things, but he wrote the book, so he can do that. I didn't write the book, so I won't do that. Um, but I might give a, a recommendation or a non-recommendation once I finish them. But I really enjoyed the first one. Um, if you've liked some of the things that ND has done, you might like that. If you've liked some of his other fiction, you'll probably like this series. Um, if you like fantasy, you probably like this series. If you don't, you probably won't like this series. Or if you have a hard time tracking with four adjectives in a row, yeah. then you probably won't like this series. Because ND is... I think very helpful at descriptions, but it does take a second to catch on to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to slow down a little bit. Um, I've also gotten a little farther until we have faces. I'm on chapter like eight or nine or something like that. So I'm still getting there. I still haven't figured out which world the things are taking place mm-hmm. in, but things are happening. I'm enjoying it. And I'm, I enjoy sitting down and reading that one. I think with a Lewis, I have a harder time with his st- style of speaking and writing. I have to actually read his mm. books physically. I remember yeah. even reading Narnia, it, even reading it out loud, I had to like think about it yeah. as I was reading. The way he worded things would catch me off guard. Yeah. And that could just be a time difference or a country difference or whatever. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up. We're at just about a half-hour podcast about what we shoot for. And then the hard chair is getting a little harder for Desiree to sit <laughs> in. So it's a good thing you didn't read too much so we can wrap it up. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep serving or start serving within your local church. Bye. Bye.